in a shocking attempt at total transparency. A residence for sale in a Boston suburb advertises that it is not haunted on the broker's for sale signage. When reached for comment, Ponty Realty Group indicated the home is a certified ghost-free zone and in no way saturated by psychic trauma from the bloody murders which previously took place within its confines. Furthermore, purchasers will be provided with a certificate of spiritual cleanliness from medium Tangina Barons upon clearing escrow. Well, if you wanted honesty, you've come to the wrong place. This is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And Michael has not seen Poltergeist, so I'm not shocked. Also... I have. It just hasn't... It's been a long time, and I don't remember what happened five minutes ago, so... I I think you do. Um... That's really funny because that reminds me of a Nathan for you bit. Mm, of course. He, uh, one of his business plans is to make a realtor into the ghost realtor. So she'll tell you when she's showing you the homes, if there is any psychic activity. And they actually, I think if I remember correctly, like they did a follow up and one of the mediums that they connected her with, they started their own, like they, they shot a pilot, uh, for the ghost realtor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I now love on that, man. HDTV or something like that, right? Probably, I don't know. I actually, yeah. I think the HDNet. I actually, no, I think the medium. Oh my god, that's what it was. So the medium, the original medium, died. Um, <laughs> like had a massive heart attack. Like and you she, do. She brought. I bet in, she didn't see that coming. He didn't either. <laughs> and she brought, but she brought in another medium to try and talk to the deceased medium. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that is an appropriate topic uh, since we're going to dive on to, you know, things that are dead or dying. Uh, Me? Hopefully. (laughs) Give me five minutes and we'll get there. Thank you. (laughs) I I have had a a string of interesting conversations that have uh, sort of led me to the idea that perhaps it's time to start to integrate a kindler and gentler Shane oh. onto the podcast oh, proper. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I My mother asked me whether I have anger management issues when I showed her the uh, the segment of me berating John <laughs> last week. Oh, I honestly, I kind of kind of black that out (laughs) at which point i was like okay well it's it's the shtick um i'm far too fond of of comics who routinely just completely lose their composure and and scream and and can't control themselves so that's kind of the bit that i play on the show but um unless you clearly announce that or folks haven't been listening from episode one that that may have missed their you know general observation but uh, gotcha. the reason why all of this kind of uh, coalesced to a head, and the reason I'm saying this is that I, I realize in the course of me berating John while I was just trying to, to you know, have fun and, and be comedic, I did use something that is a pejorative for individuals who enjoy utilizing their mouth to stimulate a penis. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. Uh, I, I believe I said dick-sucking mouth, but, you know, and, and there's That's nothing fine. wrong with that at well, all. Of course. Uh, and Entire civilizations have built and fallen upon that. 
I'm I'm not entirely certain that I can uh, follow your research on that one, bud. But you don't you don't think that Troy fell because of a? I mean, they fell on one, but I I wouldn't say that that was the causal effect. Uh, in any event, I am going to make <laughs> like the Achilles heel before me. If we're going to tie back in here, Helen. Uh, I feel like I I need to dial back the uh, racially insensitive speech uh, and, uh, you know, my my use of uh, big words, as John calls it, just for the sake of yeah. our sanity. And I'm going to strive to be a better person because, well, I have- in general, <laughs> I, I don't fancy myself as a hate tank or someone who, you know, uses pejorative phrases and is really attempting to subvert anybody. It's it's I, We're trying to have fun, but I realize in the climate we're existing now, sorry, I got real for five seconds here, but uh, it's apropos of the topic here because I'm not looking forward to cresting into my Sanders years. That's all I'm saying. And I don't mean Bernie. Okay. Well, I wish you better luck than Michael and I sober casting. Okay. Um, cause that that lasted all mm-hmm. of like a month. Yeah. If even, I mean, you never really got off the ground with that one. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I don't really. What's What's your bit? I've I've tried to execute this at work multiple times with coworkers and customers. What What is it that you say all the time? You don't have an end to the bit, so here's a bow. Um. So I I, I do not have an end to this bit, so I will just uh, end with a small bow. Yes. Yes. That's that's crept crept into my head. Or or offer a small bow, you know. Anyway, how does this, you can custom fit it to your you know particular leaning? How does this tie back into you granting me the sweet release of an early death? Is uh, I had mentioned that it, just on the day when I'm desperately trying to be a kinder, gentler Shane and have understanding, you make me wait for a half an hour before we can start recording. <laughs> And and then stumble in saying that your equipment's not working and you know you're basically a dumpster fire of a human being and I'm I'm trying to hold the dogs back in my head but they are barking loud so I might not make it through this episode without calling you something terribly insensitive again but it's just because I love I mean, you John it's really all it is I mean you're allowed you're allowed to use big words if they apply to okay. me and I was gonna say you and so, I are both of Irish descent so yeah, yeah. you can call me a Mick uh-huh. bastard all you it's, want which is uh, if you mix in M&M's is my favorite flavor <laughs> what if you're gonna if you're gonna order one from McDonald's you know it's can I have a McBastard please <laughs> peanut butter M&M's no the ice cream machine's broken you can't son of a bitch oh. So literally this happened while I was waiting to get the office. Uh, I don't want to forget this. Um, I got an email and it was a, I, I, I archived it just because I, I, I whatever. I got an email. And it was from the, I think Bigness Mitchell was the name of the person sending this, this email. Is Sam's uncle. And I opened, that's why I was like, Mitchell. Okay. I, I don't trust Mitchell's. these people. Like, I, I slept yeah. with a couple, but. Um, and it was a fishing, a fish, uh, you know, the Michael kind of fishing. Email. Oh, so it's a uh, masturbating again. <laughs> Funny that you should <laughs> okay. say that because the email said, I have planted malware on your device. And then there was like three paragraphs of things that I didn't really read, but I caught that the gist was, I have a video of you masturbating on in front of your mm-hmm. webcam. Who doesn't? And I was like, enjoy. I was like, enjoy the fucking show. <laughs> Did you like it? Uh, then you Do also you have a fish eye lens. Cause uh, <laughs> that's the only way you're going to capture me in all my glory. Yeah. Also, I hope you also enjoyed the 3.30 a.m. ugly cry session until I went to sleep. 
<laughs> I call that therapy. If you, catch me, if you catch me on my vinegar strokes and you also catch me watching YouTube videos till almost 4.30 in the morning, crying over dogs and chord progressions. <laughs> Sometimes together. <laughs> cue, cue a Sarah McLaughlin like, song fucking, right now. <laughs> it's like, this isn't fucking Black Mirror, bro. Like, you're going to send, like, an attached to the email was a, a dot doc uh like a Ugh. word doc and it was john watkins and i was like obviously i'm not gonna cl- like fall for the bait and open up what's supposed to be a doc of all the screen grabs because mm-hmm. either two things are gonna happen <laughs> one i failed the test and now you actually did plant malware uh-huh. in my system or two i'm gonna see pictures of myself that i don't care to see anyway <laughs> that i know exist <laughs> we've already talked on this podcast how there is videos floating around mm-hmm. somewhere of me being filleted. So, like, I'm not really, like, I I could yeah, care less. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of a reputation to tarnish. You've been associated with me for nearly a decade. I feel like, too, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this, and I'm sorry to get really passionate about it for a second. Oh, no. But I feel like the need to hide aspects of your personality is such a bullshit thing to do. Agreed. Um, like, I feel like you should just be authentic in everything that you do. Like, you can have your sec- like your own little personal mm-hmm. secrets. <laughs> Courtney, come back! <laughs> and Courtney has left the building. I feel uh, essentially what I'm trying to say, in not an elegant way, is like being true to yourself is more important than anything else out there. And it takes a long time to learn mm. that, I think. And I'm still not even a hundred percent there. But those emails don't scare me because if I, I know what I jack yeah. off to, uh, I'll. <laughs> I know what I. I think I know what I look like when I jack. Allow off. me to paraphrase uh, and steal from David Mamet, uh, as I all too often do. But this is one of my absolute favorite things: is the Alan Arkin Al Pacino scene towards the end of Glengarry Glen Ross in the film, where they discuss this. I get I get nervous when I when I talk to police officers, and Pacino's response is like, "You know who doesn't?" I'm like, no criminals. <laughs> like, well, I don't, I don't, I just don't know what, what I'm going to say to him. He says, the truth, always tell the truth. It's the easiest thing to remember. And yeah. that is essentially what you're saying is that in order to be your, your true self, the easiest, you know, sort of baseline that you have, it's the bedrock of your reality is I'm going to respond to this the way I typically would. Cause the moment that you try to be something less than organic and, you know, true to yourself, it's going to start getting you into trouble. Yeah, and you know where I truly started learning this, and it's taken still this long to even feel remotely like I've been. You watched me and offend people. Uh, you, you, well, you're you're more of a good example. Uh, but when I was around seventeen, sixteen or seventeen, I was you know still in my hometown, and I was watching my brother, who was probably twenty five. He was in his mid twenties at the time compulsively lie to my my parents and even like my sister here and there for like the silliest shit like not even like deep dark secret stuff but like very small small lies where it's like why are you wasting your time like just be honest so i was like you know what i'm going to challenge myself to be as honest as i can and i'm going to start with my mom like you know you change your change your parameters and your rules from like if someone asks me a question point blank yes or no question for a while, I'm just going to try it out and see how it feels to be completely honest. Yes, mom, I masturbate into a uh, you know a Seven Eleven cup every night. Oh man, because I don't want to use a condom. That's not dog snot on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but like I see, like so I see the the, the path that that kind of led me on from the negative example, and then I see today where my brother is still living in the, that town and he's still compulsively lying. And uh, hey, if you're listening to this. I wasn't calling you a dipshit last year, but I'm calling you a fucking dipshit now. Um, 
Statute of limitations is off, motherfucker. (laughs) Also, uh, fuck you for telling my parents not to get the vaccine, even though they'd already did. So, eat a fucking (laughs) All right. Oh, my God. Sorry, I needed to get that out. I appreciate it. Because I don't go to Mm -hmm. therapy. I just talk on this this (laughs) podcast. Well, that's what this is. It's otherwise called white privilege, I think, is what we've uh, boiled this down to. (laughs) Wife. Wife. That's that's a different trajectory (laughs) entirely. We're exploring the entire spectrum. Uh, But uh, let me tell you, though, this makes perfect sense that you say that you're not comfortable and you eschew the act of lying. And that makes last week's episode far more, uh, you know evident to me as to why we didn't quite get off the uh the ground with a lot of it did you see the uh the comment i did on the, the youtube posting mm-hmm. oh i did didn't see the comment on the youtube Michael? i saw I, the instagram I, I comment did. no only on instagram no i saw the oh was that in- a, i saw the youtube from, comment was that from hannah ray it certainly was that's that's hilarious if i don't think hannah listens to this but if you're listening to this hannah bless you that well, I don't know why you'd want to hear my voice at all ever again. Um, all right, let's have a let's have an in depth discussion about this, John. Uh, since we're in therapy, tell no, me how do you go, how do you feel go. about Hannah? No, no, no. Let's no, have no, a discourse. No. The comment the comment on the YouTube video made me one feel like shit, and then not at the same time. It was so. Are we actually talking about the conspiracy, or are you just talking about a documentary? <laughs> I saw that like Monday morning, and I'm like, I I don't want to address this. I I'm gonna let to Shane it. do it. I, oh. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> that was really nice, too. I was like, hey, we were going to deep dive, but then uh, it was a really murky topic, so we decided to then dive into a murky documentary. Uh, there's a phrase that I, I don't remember where I, I heard it, but it's a, a common British idiom, but couldn't be bothered. And uh, that is <laughs> that is something I'm incorporating into my general sort of nomenclature uh, when someone asks. Like, I, feel, I feel like that could be put on my uh-huh. tombstone for Just sure. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> couldn't be bothered. <laughs> why, well, why didn't you take anyway. the garbage out? Couldn't, couldn't be bothered. I couldn't be bothered. <sighs> yeah. You know what uh, my coworker uh, has gotten me saying, and I fucking hate him and it, is, uh, I reckon I can. I reckon. Wrecked <laughs> him. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Damn near killed her. So now I'm that fucking asshole who says, sure can, and I reckon I could. <laughs> if properly motivated. <sighs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, reckon. Um, Uh-oh. Did you guys know that Dewan has a podcast now with his brother? I is saw it called that. Plates Clank? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It's called Kitchen Noises. <laughs> Unfiltered. You are you're very, very close. But the correct answer that we were looking for uh was Country Brothers. Uh it's a country <sighs> music podcast. Oh, okay. I thought you were it's on the verge of like Eskimo <laughs> brothers, it's just in a different trajectory. <laughs> they are they are twins. I mean it's not you know, there are there are there there are porns out there about it. Well, you and I have already talked about space docking on this show, so I suppose we could just incorporate them and have a four way. Well, that was my earnest attempt to say you should check out Country Brothers because they are authentically great human Agreed. beings and uh they're especially funny um so and uh duan knows hopefully that i love him to death and i find him one of the most engaging and intellectually stimulating individuals i've ever met but that sort of i I, i'm incredulous that he can give us a professional sounding podcast just based on (laughs) our experience with him for the anniversary episode and if anyone (laughs) thinks that i'm being unnecessarily harsh you didn't hear the (laughs) pre-edit version that made it up online (laughs) no that took a whole day to edit i i have no ill will towards him but 
Damn, that episode I'm was I'm fairly certain we heard yeah. someone oh. actually being exercised, and I mean like Catholic <laughs> priest, <laughs> okay. in the background somewhere in that episode. So I, case, I listened I know to Dewan that one. to this show, by the way. Good. So. I love him. I'm, I'm not, you know, trying oh, yeah, to ruin his week here. I just he, want to clarify. He actually, he texted me, um, what is it, yesterday? With like out of the blue, and I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I was like, "Oh, the podcast." Um, <laughs> I don't pay attention to my own show. He said, "Melissa, <laughs> Melissa off Dare Oftemar was the base." Oftemar uh, was the bass player on the Machina Smashing Pumpkin. Yes, album. he was. I I mentioned that in the show. As yeah, a matter so of fact, he yelled he yelled that over to me. Okay, so. and it I'm upset that you didn't know that, John. I am just uh, I'm just a trash potato floating through this Irish landscape. You are the world's most dedicated Smashing Pumpkins fan, as far as I recall. Um, tonight, tonight. There we go. Oh, okay. Give me uh, give me two more. Uh, zero. Bullet with butterfly wings and uh, adore. Okay, well you've you've hit the highlights. Adore is the first song that I really liked. By the really, way. okay, it's uh, yeah. that was actually speaking to my hipsterish. Uh, that was my favorite Smashing Pumpkins record for a good it long was the while. The only one that I owned for a long while. Yeah, like it was the first one that I. That which I had. again, I apparently just have trash taste. Which uh, my music career makes so much more sense to me now. Oh, fucking amen, brother. Well, thank you, uh, Hulk Hogan. I appreciate you being on the podcast with us. Uh... Oh, sorry, I gotta go fuck my daughter now. Bye, brother. <laughs> and that was my spot on Hulk Hogan impersonation. <laughs> So now I learned I can do Ben Shapiro and Hulk Hogan. Oh, man. You want to talk about... Oof. I'm sorry. We're just going to go devolve here as per usual. I was watching Ben Shapiro today. Oh, Apropos oh, of nothing. Great. So you want to... You had to get rid of a boner. I went. Quick. I went down a, uh, a a bloody like toboggan ride of intolerance for a good twenty minutes because um, <laughs> he's the fucking worst. Dude. He is. I've been watching worst. this. Um, so Stephen Crowder, I looked at one video where he argued with uh, Rogan about marijuana, and unfortunately, this has now opened me up to Stephen Crowder like non-stop in my youtube feed oh good night sweet youtube recommendations indeed but you know what the funny thing is is like i'm know your enemy right this is the general rationale yes. so i'm like he's pretty erudite he's actually articulate and it falls into the shapiro camp of somebody who i can understand this sort of honey tongue that they lure people in with regardless of whether their facts are spurious and the conclusions they come to are really ridiculous go ahead I'm sorry, Courtney's just really tickled pink by, I believe, your use of the uh, phrase honey tongue. <laughs> it is a honey pot in that man's mouth. <laughs> Do you know I that's a legal term, sense. honey pot? Uh -huh. It is a legal term? Yes, it is. It is a legal term. Yes. Is it huh. for Shane slow dicking me? <laughs> no, yep. it's uh, he, she, me, bees, cum, cums. Oh, but only is. if he's extorting you for information. Oh, so you're talking like Bigness Mitchell might be? <laughs> like, Maybe, yes, yes. Um, we'll go or into there, that. Sorry. We'll save that for another episode because yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to take a while to unpack that term anyway, for you. You were saying. Uh, but uh, I got onto, there was a debate about, and we, we talked about this a bit off air at one point, but just uh, I'm not looping this in and we don't need to expand any further. But there was a debate with Dr. Drew and sort of a panel of individuals talking about uh, Caitlyn Jenner. And Shapiro oh, was one of Ooh. the guests. And it was essentially everyone in that room 
trying to verbally eviscerate him and him just sitting there dead-eyed and staring at them just you know <laughs> waiting for the retorts to come and i'm just like this is how oblivious this man is in the face of like an actual flamethrower moving towards him at one point there's an individual who is um transgendered who is on the panel with him uh sitting right next to him who actually threatened him physically at one point <laughs> because he called her sir oh and it's what the fuck? awful Whoa. and so yeah it's one of these things where i just i find myself wanting to see what some of the rationale is uh because as we've talked about kind of there's there's insanity on all sides here it's just this venn diagram of crazy that we're all just kind of existing in the vaginal shaped center of and that's right. how we're trying to live our life these days but yeah uh ben shapiro scares the bejesus out of me not because yeah, uh sorry not because i i feel like his intellectual capacity is going to stymie me in any way shape or form but i'm like this person has an audience and he can point them at people, and they will actually listen to him. And that's terrifying. Yeah. I uh, Speaking of his audience, I finally, finally blocked uh, and deleted someone that I mentioned on this show early Your on. Your brother? And in fact, it was the first veiled... Yes. Actually, they're, they're, they're friends. Oh. Um, it was the first oh. veiled... Remember when I was talking about Courtney and Jonah vaguely, mm -hmm. like without using names? In that same example, I also mentioned... A certain individual where we're both on the complete opposite side of issues left and right. right. Um, uh, yeah, he finally just hit those wrong buttons. And I was like, you know what? Life is so fucking impossibly, thankfully short, but I don't want you in it. <laughs> uh, and he, like all day, every day, he'll... Wh who's the dude that they make fun of on Turning Point or on Trash Trash USA on, on Reddit, Michael? Oh, um... Charlie, Charlie the Kirk? Yes, Charlie Kirk. Yeah, he is, so he, he's the the head of Toilet Paper USA. Yeah, um, yes. he posts nothing but videos from from that dude. Nothing Ugh. but Ben Shapiro, and then the most egregious thing, or not the most, but it's definitely up there. He's like linking articles to like why uh, the trial that's going on right now should be a no brainer because of toxicology reports. And I was like, all right, so you can go fucking kill yourself. Ugh. Like I. I have no respect for you as a human being fundamentally now, so thanks for that. Uh, he can go get tased by a gun, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, is that the one that's on your dominant side or your non-dominant side? Because apparently there's a lot of confusion there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it takes it takes actually 27 years, not 26, because that was her, her expertise, 26 years in the force. It takes 27 to learn the difference between a taser and a gun. So <laughs> yeah, hope you, it, hope you rot Understandable mistake. Enjoy. Yeah. <sighs> As the flames lick up and officially consume you like the wrath of the god you claim to support and love. I'm going to apologize. I feel like I came in really hot today. You and I just got to swap. See, this is what the, the byproduct <laughs> of me coming up out of the water is you going down into the water. Someone's got to be in the water. Yes. So you can be the rage uh, hate tank for a little while, John. I'll, I'll bequeath you the mantle. I can't uh, wait for Michael's week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Courtney and I made an agreement on Twitter Christ. because I uh, I I made a tweet that Courtney uh, identified with or at least supported me on, uh, which is tangential Both. to your YouTube algorithm, because I tweeted earlier today that you never know truly when you're in a depressive episode until YouTube starts uh, slipping in self help videos on the suggested bar. 
Ooh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you right, you right. <laughs> <sighs> and I don't remember what Courtney's initial response was, but it ended up... <laughs> she's like oh it's it's better than them suggesting just give up videos and i was like oh you mean you mean michael's weeks on disinformed <laughs> and now the next michael topic uh not to spill the beans too early courtney and i are just gonna get really really high before michael's next topic that's not okay today, and it? i'm gonna get really really <laughs> low for michael's next topic apparently <laughs> Better... I'm gonna I'm gonna factor that into my next episode. I have two I have two that are floating around that I haven't like really done a lot of like, digging into, but I, I think I have like about turds so in a punch bowl. I, so yes, here is yeah. my promise to you: hmm. I will take not a whole edible because I don't know. You're not saying be good. I will take the same not... dose that I take that puts me that that gets me into the state where if I go lay down, I can fall asleep peacefully. So you'll actually fall asleep by one of Michael's episodes. That's really kind of you, John. Kind of the hope, really, because then I won't have to listen to him talk. Oof. See, Shane, I got it for you. I appreciate. I thought you. that was the whole opening of this podcast, where you and Shane talk, and me and Michael look at each other and think we should start our own show. <laughs> hey, and you, then you realize that you're talking to me. If you guys yeah. ever start your own show, uh, Shane and I will always be down to guest. On it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone else is going to have to start the Zoom though, because you're going to need to mute me for a good portion of it. I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of needing to uh, try to subdue someone's mouth for a moment or two, that's uh, the joys of this particular show. And what we often do here, other than trying to be incendiary with random bits of nonsense, is we will delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will eleven in the occasional lie. And the whole point of the show, the conceit of our concept, is for us to then ferret out the fact from fiction in an entertaining or pseudo-entertaining fashion. At least that's the hope. <laughs> and unfortunately for all of you this week, I'm the one in the barrel. So brace for impact. Ooh, <laughs> Yay. Yeah, see, and you say that. I uh, I actually tallied up our statistics again today just to reaffirm to myself oh. that uh, I am a feast or famine host of this show. I either have <laughs> things that are insanely popular or I realize that uh, my interest in the paranormal is apparently not shared by the bulk of our listenership. So I'm trying to uh, dip my dick in different waters these days, as it were. And that is what brings us around to another hate tank, the progenitor of the movement, if you will, in the American parlance. And we are going to discuss a individual who is apparently turning into one of my idols of my later life. We're going to discuss the life and crimes of Colonel Holland Sanders. Oh, that's right. I'm so Ooh. excited. <laughs> I got goosebumps. You might want to get that looked at, my friend. Or uh, R.L. Stein might start suing you for trademark infringement. Actually, Michael, it's probably blood clots because, <laughs> you know, you're vaccinated. <laughs> oh, yeah, huh? Gonna, well, not with that one. No, that's just I you, buddy. The, yeah. It's just oh, you, John. Maybe, maybe it's you and birth, Jonah. Maybe it's the birth control you're on then because you have more of a likelihood with that one, right? Yes, a much higher likelihood of having a blood clot on birth control. Save yourself. Kill them all. Oh. 
Yes. Anyway, uh, Colonel Sanders, fuck me up, Buttercup. Fuck him. Uh, mm. Prepare for the Foghorn Leghorn, because uh, it's going to happen. But uh, I will readily confess that yes. the thing that set me off down this path, and I'm going to be interested to get a feel for the room, is a glorious show brought to us by the History Channel entitled The Food That Built America. And uh, I'm sure, given our previous Kellogg conversation, that at least one of us has watched this show. So, Courtney, good luck navigating. <laughs> yes, I am familiar. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we'll be navigating these turbulent waters together, and hopefully I will give you some material that you were not familiar with while we dive into this. But uh, for today's topic, I have four savory lies for you. Are they breaded mm. and deep fried? They are extra crispy, my friend, and hopefully they Ooh. are just as difficult to digest. <laughs> Bet. So Colonel Holland David Sanders, who was born in September of 1890, was an American... Bullshit. <laughs> Michael, I swear <laughs> to God, if it was possible to remove your soul from your fucking body and then fuck you with it, I would do it. I Trust me, it, it doesn't work. I've tried. <laughs> is, is September no. bullshit since I have to actually declare something? Okay. You don't have to declare something. It's the lamest bit that you have in your arsenal. <laughs> I'm it's the only I, we bit. are not kidding John's making a run at the throne tonight so I'm I'm very excited to see how this all plays out uh all right he was an American Love you, Michael <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a Japanese businessman best known for founding the fast food chicken restaurant chain Kentucky Fried Chicken also known as KFC for those playing the home game and later acting as the company's brand ambassador and symbol. Uh, his name and image are still symbols of the company. Go figure. The title of Colonel is an honorific one, uh, and it is the highest awarded by the Commonwealth of Kentucky, the Kentucky Colonel, and is not an actual military rank, as the governor of Kentucky bestows the honor of a colonel's commission by issuance of a letters patent. In the category of who gives a flying fuck, but uh, that's what Wikipedia feels we should be informed of. Well, they never okay. lie. So n there's not yeah. military service, or is there? Dun, dun, dun. Brace for impact. There's probably not. Uh, Sanders began selling fried chicken from his roadside restaurant in North Corbin, Kentucky, during the Great Depression. And not John's teens, unfortunately. Hey, hey, hey. Existence. It's your ongoing mission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during that time, Sanders developed his secret recipe and patented method of cooking chicken in a pressure fryer. Recognizing the potential of the restaurant franchising concept, Sanders facilitated the first KFC franchise opening in South Salt Lake, Utah in 1952. Is Salt Lake bullshit? It is not. It's a far cry from hmm. Kentucky, but this is the first time he got yeah. a fish to bite on someone purchasing the franchise was in Utah. So the reason why okay. I am talking about this being a two-part topic, because I will just tell you out of the gate, we're not even going to get to him founding KFC in the course of this episode. Okay, so you heard it here first. This is part one. Yes, so this is possibly part one, depending upon how well this goes, because this might just be a four-finger stinker. She has a name. She doesn't listen to this show, so I can't address her appropriately. Uh, when his original restaurant closed, he devoted himself full-time to franchising his fried chicken throughout the country, in particular the Southland. But moving into 
his early life. He was born on September 9, 1890 in a four-room house east of Henryville, Indiana. The oldest of three children born to Wilbur David and Margaret Ann Sanders. You just had to say it that way. Uh, well, it was completely intentional. Wow, Michael, that was really good. Do it again. Shut well, the fuck up. Burr. Can you uh, I clip that and I'll throw it into something that Asher and I made over the weekend? Oh, no. Uh, no, I'm scared. I, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I have outro music to send uh, in the next week. Hiya. Outro music? <gasps> yeah. No more Uncle Touchy? Yeah, it's Uncle Roger oh, now, man. motherfucker. Oh, no. <laughs> Hiya. Hiya. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Sanders' mother was a devout Christian and strict parent, continuously warning her children of the evils of alcohol, tobacco, gambling, and whistling on Sundays. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to call bullshit only because I half expect her to say frying chicken. As one of the evils. You would be wrong on both counts, my friend. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair enough. I, I figured it'd have to be just that sort of touch of irony where that was one of the evils that she... I just shudder at the thought that if your threshold for evil is whistling on Sundays, then man, I am slated for hell in the worst way. Well, whistling takes work and uh, can't work on the Sabbath. We practice on Sundays, by and large, as a band. So, I mean, we have been making the devil's music now. <laughs> for years on the sabbath and uh, it's ghastly we've paid the price in many ways so to inject a bit of levity into this episode sanders father perished in 1895 uh, his mother then began working in a tomato cannery and the young Harlan was left to look after and cook for his siblings by the age of seven, he was reportedly skilled with bread and vegetables and improving with meat I guess maybe he had to make it into his teens before he was more adept at handling it. Mm. Well, you got to level up. You start with bread, you just make basic bread, and then you start increasing your skill, and then you can start breading, you know, vegetables, and then you can cook vegetables. What else can you bread, Michael? <laughs> That's why know. you work in a pizza joint, apparently. And speaking of which, uh, as I got... Only the finest quality ingredients brought to you from the dumpster. <laughs> Uh, not just any dumpster, okay? The dumpster outside of Little Caesars. On Mill and Ash. Right. Oh, Papa. Yeah. I was wondering if that was the one. We drove past there the other day, and I was like, is that the one? You can bleep that if you want to. <laughs> well, considering that's not the um, cross streets of... of oh, I'll tell work. the exact cross streets. It's it's on Lemon and Terrace. <laughs> I've said this before. End, I, end there's, only one, there's only one Howie's right next to <laughs> campus, so... Well, you're going to need to bleep that, my friend. Uh, I, did, you know. um, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Visit me at work. No, what's I don't funny is uh, when I started getting more adept with cooking things, I uh, I wound up working with the yeast far later in life, as opposed to Harlan, who started out with it apparently. But <laughs> gross. <laughs> All right, uh, Nicole. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the children foraged for food while their mother was away for days at a time for work. As in the kids foraged for days? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, because she would disappear for extreme lengths of time to go to work to try to get enough money to support the family, which meant, unfortunately, she was not supporting the family, and they had to go out and try to find their own vittles, as is uh, all too often the case in Indiana. 
Ouch. But uh, a light was at the end of the tunnel, and it was a fucking freight train, because in 1899, his mother remarried to Edward Park. And according to the 1900 census, his mother was widowed. So that lasted a year, and then we're back to the drawing board. So I'm starting to suspect that Harlan's mother was a black widow. Ooh. Sounds like. It's uh, pretty terrifying. So uh, when Sanders was 10, he began to work as a farmhand. And this is the first of a slew of various, uh, you know, careers that uh, Mr. Harlan Sanders is going to have. And this is one of the things that absolutely fascinates me about this man. He's literally a jack-of-all-trades and master of one or two. But uh, in 1902, just a couple of years removed from another death of a spouse, uh, Sanders' mother remarried to William Broadus, relocating the family to Greenwood, Indiana, which resulted in Sanders leading a rather turbulent and nomadic life from that moment onward. In 1903, he dropped out of the seventh grade, later stating that algebra is what drove me off. And Same. Me too, bro. Yeah. yeah. I can't say as a blame you. Uh, and then he went to live and work on a nearby farm. From the age of 13 until his early 40s, Sanders would work an eclectic collection of jobs, including falsifying his age to enlist in the U.S. Army at 16. He worked as a streetcar conductor, a blacksmith's apprentice, as an ash pan cleaner for a railway steamer, a farm laborer, and a short order cook. So the man he was not a short order cook. Let's call it bullshit on that. I don't know. Well, no, I Michael, I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say um, the yeah the ash pan. If Shane did add a lie to that, which I don't think he would stoop is so low to add a lie to a list. Well, look at you being wrong. So, yes, he was not a short order cook. Oh. Whoa, really? Oh, I got you it? got one. Look Damn. at you. Oh, it's Get not food. really a job that would have existed at the time. Thank you. Get fucked, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just uh, go back to sleep here. Don't mind what are, me. What are you good at? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you're decent at living in spite of uh, crippling depression. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> Fuck Look you. on the bright side, you sad fuck. This episode has been brought to you by Paxel. <laughs> feeling low, <laughs> feeling incomplete, empty. That that reminds me, today's episode is sponsored Indeed. by Paxel. So put a Paxel Just up your ass. Give up. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'll say Just that's do it. it. <laughs> Just might as well jump. Um, if we're talking about Paxel, we should probably say just don't do it. <laughs> oh, I'll like go on Paxel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, Sanders was working as a fireman or a steam engine stoker from the ages of sixteen to nineteen until he was fired for insubordination after he got sick. As a uh, harbinger <laughs> of his future sort of, uh, what would we call this, lack of decency and uh, dedication to, you know, functioning within a workplace, uh, Sanders bludgeoned the train conductor unconscious for criticizing his efforts at shoveling coals while Sanders was attempting to work with a respiratory infection. So it's uh, threw a piece of chicken on his chest. He said, now clean yourself up, bitch. It's like, OK, so <laughs> you're you're working shoveling coal all day and they're going to bitch at you for not being able to breathe and do it faster. I like that he had the strength to bludgeon the guy, though, with his respiratory infection. Uh -huh. Is that bullshit? I, I really would love to have that kind of energy. It would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> 
If you can bludgeon me unconscious, then you can work harder, damn it. <laughs> but is it, exactly. is it bullshit that he had the energy to do it, or did he actually pull that off? It's bullshit. Okay. Well done, Courtney. You helped me sniff that one out. Whew. Feels good to win imaginary points today. Damn. So. John is just on fire today. Shit. This would be the first of a string of violent outbursts, which would ultimately severely impact Sanders' life and livelihood, ultimately culminating with his being accused of murder in 1931. Murder? What's that? I said murder? Okay, we're just moving on. (laughs) (sighs) So... So that's how. While working on the railroad, he met Josephine King of Jasper, Alabama, and they were married shortly thereafter. Uh, They would go on to have three children Margaret Josephine Sanders, Harland David Sanders Jr., and Mildred Marie Sanders Ruggles. I don't know where (laughs) in the world the spare last name. uh, No, that just got some Ruggles on there. It wasn't his. Here's hoping. Uh, he found work as a fireman on the Illinois Central Railroad by night studying law by correspondence through the LaSalle Extension University. Sanders lost his job at Illinois after brawling with a colleague. At age 21, he began a law correspondence course and, of course, studied in a judge's office in Little Rock, Arkansas. Eventually, he found work in the Justice of the Peace Court, hoping to bring some justice to the long-abused poor of the region. He was particularly proud of the time he was able to negotiate better settlements for the mostly black victims of a train wreck, and his efforts to stop courts from pressuring defendants into settlements. Something which is still occurring to this very goddamn day, if you pay any attention to courtroom Uh, drama. And that's almost why I wanted to call bullshit, but I'm not going to. Well, talk about the futility of a sentence. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? I Bullshit. He he wasn't that optimistic. He didn't do all that good stuff. Uh, not bullshit. Oh, okay. Uh, however, his days of litigation were short-lived as his legal career met a rather ignominious end due to his being caught brawling with one of his clients in a courtroom, evidently over <laughs> unpaid legal fees. So what you're trying to tell me is that Sanders throws hands. Yes. <laughs> you are going to catch them hands. So as the example, he was apparently holding this individual by his necktie and strangling him and beating him around the head until uh, the, what is it, the courtroom bailiff and the prosecuting attorney arrived and had to pull him off his own client. <laughs> yeah, he was subsequently. I love that. Yes. And then he was disbarred. Go figure, because they don't take kindly to folks who don't take kindly to them. Well, fuck you. I didn't want to do this shit anyway. Yeah. It's a a wonderful way to end a, a, a legal career by becoming a defendant yourself. But uh, hope you get deep fried and go fuck yourself. thought this was America. So uh, as I indicated with the uh, beginning of this episode, Mr. Sanders here has some anger management issues. Is that why you feel... Uh, uh, yes, he and I are cut from the same cloth, I feel. I just haven't bludgeoned anybody unrecognizable in the past couple months. You have my address. Uh, don't tempt me. <laughs> uh, so this period represented a very real low point for Sanders, as you would expect. As his biographer John Ed Pierce wrote, Sanders had encountered repeated failure largely through bullheadedness, a lack of self-control, impatience, and a self-righteous lack of diplomacy. 
you know that that voice only reminds me of one character, right? Indeed, I does. Uh, do you? Mm -hmm. Baby lawyer? Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. Now, I would ask all of you, what is the point of trying to pretend that we do not have a defendant being grossly misserved by the Justice Department in this matter? <laughs> and that is where we lost everyone. Most everyone, I think. But uh, So, <laughs> yeah. following his uh, incident of being disbarred, Sanders was forced to move back in with his mother in Henryville. And after years of being completely independent, I'm sure that stung a mite. And so he went through a collection of odd jobs again, frequently being terminated for insubordination or a flippant attitude with his employers. Uh, in 1920, Sanders established a ferry boat company, which is apparently sunk by some uh, Norwegian heavy water sabotage, apparently. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Indeed. That. But uh, he operated a boat on the Ohio River between Jeffersonville and Louisville. Uh, he canvassed for funding, becoming a minority shareholder himself, and was appointed secretary of the company. The ferry was an instant success. Around 1922, he took a job as a secretary at the Chamber of Commerce in Columbus, Indiana. He admitted that he was not very good at the job and resigned after less than a year. Sanders subsequently cashed in his ferryboat company shares for $22,000, uh, the equivalent of $330,000 today, and used the money to establish a company manufacturing acetylene lamps. That venture failed after Delco introduced an electric lamp that it sold on credit. <laughs> uh, can I call bullshit on the um, resigning from the Chamber of You Commerce certainly can, shop? and you are incorrect. Okay. But it was oh. a good sap. So we actually, he instead of, well, I guess he wasn't fired. He resigned. Mm -hmm. So because I was thinking that, you know, insubordination. Yeah, no, he didn't like beat that. anybody up this time. Well. Having a government job, he actually behaved himself for a minute. Uh, but yeah, uh, a sad state of affairs on the land. But you get to see this sort of pioneer spirit that he had in trying to go out and establish new things. And entrepreneurs in general do have to fail a couple times before you manage to get some firm footing underneath you. Uh, or at least that's what appears to be the case. So, this leads us to a very defining choice in Sanders' life as he moved to Winchester, Kentucky, to work as a salesman for the Michelin Tire Company. He lost his job in 1924 when Michelin closed its New Jersey manufacturing plant. However, by chance, he met the general manager of Standard Oil of Kentucky, who asked him to run a service station in Nicholasville. In 1930, the station closed as a result of the Great Depression. So if you want to so talk... This guy just has, like, the shittiest luck in the fucking world. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> was running his skull into the wall for a significant amount of time before he actually managed to sort of coalesce into something that was a vision of success. And he did declare, he said, it could be raining titties from the sky, and I tell you, brother, if I looked up, I would get hit in the face by a dick. <laughs> Um, words to live by birds to live by <laughs> words to Lies. live by I would still prefer birds since we're talking about flying titties and dicks <laughs> which is another great band name by the way anywho yeah you're gonna have to write that one down indeed so now we move on to the scintillating topic that brought us all to the dance here today the murder or the alleged murder murder you really gotta stop that 
Because it sounds like you're saying Mirda, and now I'm just confused. (laughs) All right. In 1930, the Shell Oil Company offered Sanders a service station in North Corbin, Kentucky, rent-free, in return for paying the company a percentage of sales. Sanders began to serve chicken dishes and other meals, such as country ham and steaks, for extra income on the side the progenitor of the side hustle, as it seems, uh, initially serving customers in his adjacent living quarters before eventually opening a restaurant. A uh, competing gas station was located just down the road, so Sanders did everything he could to win customers. One of his advertising tactics was to use custom-painted signage in different locations around town. The aggressive promotion aggravated one Matt Stewart, the owner of the competing local gas outlet, who proceeded to paint over various signs that Sanders had set up. You can see, given Sanders' proclivities and his history, where this is going to lead us. (laughs) When Sanders first found out about this, he approached Stewart, indicating he'd shoot him if Stewart didn't stop. So what what did Stewart do? He kept painting over the signs. It, to steal from Michael, do it, you won't. <laughs> You've got the balls. Uh, so he then elected to bring a gun along with him as he sabotaged the signs for his personal protection. And now we're going to reach the great American ethic that we have discussed on this podcast a great many times of what happens when you meet a gun with a gun. Uh, as evidenced pew, pew. by all our... Which one was... Which one was the good guy with the gun? We're going to find out in five seconds. But as evidenced by all our previous case history, Sanders is not a man to take an insult lying down. So uh, while meeting with two... I'm sorry? (laughs) Or standing up. Say it louder. Be proud of your joke. Or or standing up. Say it with your chest, Uncle Roger. (laughs) 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 Or the world's weirdest cum session right there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Clip Sorry. that. I got too excited there. <laughs> I will auto-tune the fucking bejesus out of it. Can you make a remix of the song Hey Ya, but use that clip? Uh, and then we'll I'm sure I could. We will protect <laughs> We'll protect ourselves from being sued by calling it flying tits and dicks. <laughs> so whilst oh, meeting with two district managers from Shell one day. Sanders saw Stewart painting over a sign yet again. This was the 7th of May in 1931, and it was a hot, dusty day in the mountain town of Corbin, Kentucky. Stewart paused from painting when he heard an automobile approaching at high speed, or what precipitated high speed in 1931. Uh, It was coming from the north, from a swath of backcountry known amongst locals as Hell's Half Acre. The area was so named for its primary exports, bootleg booze, bullets, and bodies. The neighborhood was also commonly referred to as the asshole of creation. Stewart, it's also where Drowning Pool got the idea for the song, Bodies. Nope, moving on. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Stewart probably squinted through the dust at the approaching car, wiping sweat from his brow with the back of his paint-flecked wrist. He probably knew that the driver would be armed, angry, and about to skid to a stop nearby. Stewart set down his paintbrush and picked up his pistol. So anyway, I started shooting. Uh, 
The car skidded to a stop, but it was not an armed man that emerged. It was three armed men. Well, you son of a bitch, Sanders shouted at the painter. I see you done it again. Sanders and the two men rushed over to stop him. Stewart jumped off his painting ladder and started shooting. Robert Gibson, one of the shell managers, was killed in a hail of Stewart's bullets. Sanders then grabbed Gibson's gun off of his dead body and returned fire along with the surviving manager, H.D. Shelburne. What initially began as competition for customers quickly escalated into a battle to the death. After an exchange, Sanders finally found his mark. A bullet hit Stewart in the shoulder, and he is reported as shouting, Don't shoot, Sanders! You've killed me! That's not how that works. You'd think. Uh... <laughs> I am dead. Oh, Was he shooting at Michael? You'd think. I uh... like shooting on Michael. Yeah. Oh no, I am dead. Oh no. Oh, oh, oh. There's a lot of coming you'd, happening on this mm, episode. You'd think. A lot of jizz. It's the forthcoming by this point. But uh, as it turns she, out, me. Sanders hadn't killed Stuart. However, Sanders had certainly severely wounded him. In the wake <laughs> of the bloody mess, all the surviving men were arrested. The case went to trial, and both Shelburne and Sanders were acquitted without serving jail time. Matt Stewart, on the other hand, the instigator of all this painting debauchery, received 18 years in prison for murdering Shell manager Robert Gibson. Uh, Stewart died two years later at the hands of a deputy sheriff who it is rumored was paid off by the surviving relatives of the Gibson family. The deputy nice. sheriff was never charged. <laughs> what do you say about hmm. police corruption? I'm not familiar with the concept. <laughs> Some things never change. Indeed. Subsequently, there are an array of false accounts of Sanders having killed Stewart. While this isn't the case, shooting him in the shoulder certainly killed the competition. Wink, wink. It can be argued that Sanders' business may have failed should Stewart's business have excelled. Uh, Sanders was then commissioned as a Kentucky colonel in 1935 by Kentucky Governor Robbie, Robbie, Kentucky Governor Ruby Lafoon, <laughs> which is officially my favorite name on this entire podcast. Ruby Lafoon. Ruby Lafoon. Watch out, he's going to get canceled. <laughs> ah, well, Ruby Lafoon, let me smell you and love you. His local popularity grew, and in 1939, nine, uh, food critic nine. Duncan Hines visited Sanders' restaurant and included it in Adventures in Good Eating, his guide <laughs> to restaurants throughout the U.S. Wait, Hines of Hines fame? Of, like, Hines ketchup? No, this is Duncan Hines. This is uh, yeah. of cake fame. I don't get it. Oh, yeah, for God's sakes, Michael. <laughs> no, it's me too. Really? Uh, all right. Yeah. You don't know Duncan Hines cake mixes? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, apparently the gourmands of this podcast are uh, <laughs> noted by their erudition and their laughter at the name Duncan Hines. I would be curious to know if the listeners uh, know that either, because I feel like Michael and I can't be the only ones. I'd be curious to know if there are listeners. <laughs> Here you are. 
text me or call me or send us an email and we'll give you Michael's address. Here, we got rid of the bit. No, quick, quick sidebar, though. I was going to make a statement today about how we gained a new listener today. And by the time I pulled it up to check it right before we started recording, we'd already lost them. So. Well, fuck you. We didn't want you anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reasonable. <sighs> so. Here is the entry Duncan Hines wrote about Sanders' restaurant. Corbin, Kentucky. Sanders Court and Cafe. 41 Junction, with 25. 25 East, half-mile north of Corbin. Open all year, except Christmas. A very good place to stop en route to Cumberland Falls and the Great Smokies, which is the Smoky Mountains for those who are unfamiliar with the region. Yeah. Continuous 24-hour service, sizzling steaks, fried chicken, country ham, hot biscuits, large 50 cents to a dollar, D, 60 cents to a dollar. That's all I have Okay. (laughs) for this part of uh, Sander's career, because again, I figured by the time I finished, we would be floating into the hour mark, and I was absolutely correct. You were on yeah. the dot. Well, so I'm going to give my you vote are. that I, I think we just need to do the part two. I feel like we need to continue this because I like this. Well, bless you. Yeah, that's because you got a couple lies, John. Now you just feel insulted. <laughs> I am hungry Ooh. for more. Well, he'll feed you in under eight minutes. Kentucky I, Fried Crime. You'd think. <laughs> All right, any further guesses as to the two remaining lies before we proceed? No. Did he really work for Michelin? He certainly did. Okay. He didn't get any stars, though. Oh, I get that joke. Terribly unfortunate. (laughs) Oh, I'll be sure to find you a star later. You can pin it on your shirt and impress your mother. (laughs) I love gold stars. Yeah, how, how is my mom doing well, we don't speak much. As you say, uh, from fucking me. What are you doing with your mother? Where is your mother? All right. So no before... other stabs. Uh, Michael. <laughs> no, I said no twice. I didn't hear you either time. I'm sorry. It's so no one does. It's fine. Here are the four <laughs> lies as indicated. So he was never a short order cook. Uh, Courtney, to write that is a cultural anachronism. Didn't quite exist in the uh, late 1800s, but what are you going to do? Um, he did not bludgeon the train conductor unconscious for criticizing his effort. I'm uh, sure he, you know, just uh, ran his mouth off a little bit. Uh, furthermore, he did not actually hold the client by the necktie and beat oh. him about the head and shoulders. Uh, but he, he did get into a bit of a scrum there. Uh, so he was not restrained in the courtroom. Apparently, this was something that was done outside of the courthouse. And he approached the gentleman for not paying his legal fees and proceeded to just beat him up. Nice. Like you do. Right. And then the final of the lies is a bit of a cheapie, but again, what are you going to do? The exact quote was not, don't shoot Sanders. It was, God damn you, Sanders, you've killed me. <laughs> oh, the, that quote's better. It's much better. That's why I wanted to leave it out, because it's much more fun to do an unveil. God damn you, Sanders. God damn you, DeSanders. <laughs> do you silent hill, Billy? but those are the four lies of the incredibly hyperbolic life of colonel harlan sanders 
at least up through uh, 1935. Jeez. I don't, I, I do know why I have this question and I just don't know if there'll be an answer on this podcast or not. Mm-hmm. Why did split restaurants happen for like split chains, you know, like where you're, you'd have like half Taco Bell, half Pizza Hut or like, cause I always think of Taco Bell and KFC together cause we're near where I grew up. There was a joint yeah. KFC Taco mm-hmm. Bell. Mm-hmm. Do any of you know why they're split franchises? Well, if they're both owned by the same overarching Yeah, the parent company. Yum Brands. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. Courtney, you were nodding your, your head pretty, <laughs> pretty heartily. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, most of the time when that happens, they're both owned by the same parent company. Like Michael was saying, um, specifically Yum Brands is known to do that, where they'll put two kind of different concepts close together. Because if you don't want one, you might want the other, and it makes it really convenient. I was going to say, what is the actual benefit there, though? You're expanding your portfolio. For instance, if you don't like Long John Silvers, they can still get away with whipping a taco at you from time to time. That is the most Mm -hmm. disturbing duo restaurant, and Sam's House had one, or has one right near it. Mm -hmm. And I disagree. I think it's marvelous, because occasionally you do want a quesadilla and some hush puppies. Okay, but here's what I understand then, and then I'm done with this stupid, stupid. <laughs> no, you're not head. Jerry Seinfeld. You're just gonna what keep up is this the bad deal? bit. Uh, <laughs> if we did go to that one, that Taco Bell Long John's, and ask for a fish taco, could they make? Could could you make that happen? I mean, you could make that happen. Just say I if want a gordita no, shell and a uh, and a piece of fried fish. I want my overworked restaurant employee to put the fish from Long John's side. Onto the Taco Bell taco. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, if it's not on the menu, they're not gonna do or it. Or if you sell the kid weed behind the dumpster afterwards, maybe. Just go yeah. to the dispo yourself. I mean, also, John, maybe he, you know, if you show him what that mouth do, <laughs> you can get uh, whatever you want for <laughs> later please, on. Please, will you give it to me, please? <laughs> Like now, that. <laughs> uh, that is the exact combination, uh, Taco Bell and Long John's, that gave us the uh, Cheeto uh, Mac and or oh, the Mac and Cheetos, and no, that was the King. oh, you're right, that was Burger King. Uh, it's right down the road, though. But uh, what? So we got the um, oh, it's a slushy. They did the uh, star. They did the Skittles or Starburst slushy and Starburst the pink. yeah, pink uh, mm-hmm. the can. The Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. They did the Crunchberry Balls as well. That one is, what, did if we, I recall, snagging that. We made passing comments about it on the show over the past year and a half or so, but Sam, seriously, for a good chunk of time, and maybe it still exists and we just don't know because we've been off for a year, but was addicted to tracking down these very, like, kitschy items what you're saying is sam used to eat like a stoner before she was actually a stoner she was the uh you know without the vicious suicide in the bathroom she was the character on breaking bad who goes and tastes all the dipping sauces Mm -hmm. (laughs) this one is called french yeah french (laughs) like that she's like it's like well we gotta we gotta stop here before we go to our gig oh you hungry well not really but they have this one we gotta try the mac and cheetos (laughs) yeah I, I just need to know if it's good or not. I'm going to save you the time, Sam. It's not good. I still got to know. And then she gets it. She goes, huh, it's not good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who could have fucking guessed? You're telling me that a gimmick is not actually substantively tasty? Yeah. Hmm. What? 
Oh, uh, speaking of Sam, though, uh, shameless plug again for the three people that listen to the show. We got our first gig back uh, May 4th at the Wandering Tortoise. Come, mm-hmm. come get sad again. And that same week, again. we have another show in, in Old Town Clarkdale. Yes, Smelter Town. On that Saturday, the 8th of Schmelter May. Town Bruin. It's going to be lots of fun. Apparently, they're having a big block party down there. So if you uh, if you want to try to you know catch the COVIDs, we got the Ooh. best means for you. Yeehaw. Sign me up. You will yeah, never try to talk your way a... out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen a spread that big in a long time. Riley Reed is not being discussed on this podcast, John. Oh, Courtney had a really, really interesting question for all of the no. men on this podcast. <laughs> no. Okay, go ahead. My Fire private, tw- my yep. secret Twitter is not for you. <laughs> I'm I gonna block you, great. John. Don't you fucking dare block me. You know what? That was like one of, of time. the first like tweets from mine that Steven liked. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have to say it. No. Oh, okay, also, I'll take Steven. this. Steven. Well done. So the gist of what Courtney <laughs> tweeted, or the jizz of what Courtney tweeted, if you want to stay on Courtney brand, tweeted was it's really fascinating being part, uh, like having jo- joint ownership of an Instagram account that has three other boys on it, because she has now witnessed what you and I have talked about before, where all she sees are scantily clad women, mm-hmm. but she made a very pr- very specific observation that they all have a very similar body type to our beloved co-host here. <laughs> so she's trying to. <laughs> <laughs> so I told her, I was like, you should see, you should see Dams. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Dams suggested pages to follow because back in the day it got really dicey. And I'm actually, yeah, I was going to say. I uh, actually am on Dams' page now again. Like I'm going to be active and trying to manage the account now that we're, we're coming back. And I was I was looking through today and I was like, oh, there are so many accounts I need to go unfollow so that our algorithm can get unfucked here. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much damage that's been done because you used it for a while just to like, I don't know, this is a long time ago. Um <laughs> You like you would follow accounts, <laughs> I would follow accounts, and it was like a melting pot of our preferences. Uh huh. And then I think I started using it as well. I'm not going to follow them on my personal account, but if the band follows them, that's fine. Because <laughs> that's different. So what John is trying to say is that there is plausible deniability for things that are liked and viewed through the damn Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, in so far oh, as no, we usually you can point to, oh, John must have liked this, <laughs> right? Because I don't like heroin-riddled sex workers. That's not my general, you know, sphere of influence. I will say that I have made my taste very well known. You have. Yeah, John uh, was easy to rule out. Real easy. <laughs> uh-huh. Essentially, she was pointing a very specific finger. I, I'm like, um, you've seen my girlfriend. <laughs> I obviously, like, it don't her, discriminate. That is her exact point. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, great. Equality. But, uh, no, furthermore, I was going to say, I don't have a type, if you really want to narrow it down. John has been around to catch you a know, sampling of the volume of people I've true. dated, and it is a spectrum, which is very well noted. So, yeah, I technically don't have a type. It just so happens. And here, I'll I'll give you a peek behind the veil. Yes, oh, no. In point of fact, the reason the Instagram started moving that way is there are a selection of individuals who like our in our, our our podcast so the kevin smith group 
which has a very specific demographic. There are three or four that like our show. So I started following them back. And then they have friends, and that's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. And as someone who's on the record as saying, I don't mind seeing nearly naked people, I'm like, oh, true. Well, that's interesting. Well, you know, and then you just follow the rabbit trail. And unfortunately, that just means that I, you know, there's some very interesting uh, things to discover when you start going down there. (laughs) Well, you know, big titted goth girls don't just fall from the sky, they don't. It's not a thing. Especially if you're indoors. <laughs> anyway, sorry for uh, making that super, super <sighs> weird for you, Courtney, but I thought it was, it made me laugh very, very hard because the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, she's, it was the, uh, the Buster Scruggs, uh, uh, Franco bit of like, huh, first time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've seen the movie, which Shane <sighs> still needs to watch because no, you I will, don't. there is a, a whole short film with Tom Waits. As a miner, like literally, mm-hmm. like he's a gold miner and he's talking about trying to find the pocket and he refers to it as Mr. Pocket. I'm gonna <laughs> find you, Mr. Pocket. You uh-huh. will love this fucking movie. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm gonna watch it. Oh my God. Why are you? <laughs> you? You sound like yeah. me. <laughs> I've never met someone so averse to trying something on that they know they're gonna like. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's uh i don't know what's good for me john that's if i've never asserted that for you it's pretty easy to run okay well uh now well here's the thing (laughs) in the same way that i sat and grilled asher for like an hour and a half about his sexual preferences now i want to get into the psychological underpinnings of you know what courtney's trying to analyze from my sexual preferences psychoanalyze if you will because uh if i recall i have received uh discussion in you know various chat forums about uh you know my voice being present during sexual activities (laughs) yeah 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 which uh, that's no fault of mine i i'm not choosing to introduce myself into your bedroom forays you can put that all on jonah that's a jonah thing oh or so you'd have me believe so michael i have a challenge for you um Courtney, can you send? What do I have to do with this? Can you send him uh, the video of Jonah that you sent, or that was on Instagram <laughs> earlier this week of him yeah. squealing after failing uh-huh. a boss fight? And then, Michael, what I want you to do here is insert the noise of Jonah squealing, <laughs> and then if I can get Shane to give me a nice, oh yeah. No, you can't. No. <laughs> This sounds like Listen, a lot John, I, of I work. love that you're trying to direct the version of Human Centipede that you want, <laughs> where Jonah's lust for me and your lust for Jonah culminates in a beautiful daisy chain of disgust. Well, but, listen, uh, that's just, not going to happen, my friend. This ship isn't going to sail. Sorry. I'm not your paper doll. I didn't want to get up on a soapbox here, but Too Biggins late. Mitchell Uh-oh, in no. the email said that I need to make this happen, or else she would leak the video of me jacking off. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not really it's not me directing it's it's biggins <laughs> so god damn it uh, apparently know what uh courtney's uh other you know hidden username is now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the weirdest oh you thought you oh you thought you were gonna fucking Shane. you thought you were gonna fucking this get is... away with it didn't you you little snake <laughs> i was gonna get his social security number next time <laughs> He'll give that to you regardless. This shit has more twists than an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I have no idea what's going on anymore. True it big. 
Where am I? True if biggins. <laughs> Big if biggins. True if biggins. Biggins if true? I don't know biggins anymore. Biggins if true. <laughs> well, if our Instagram has proven nothing, it's that I like biggins. So we're going to just take that where it lay. <laughs> so for another awkwardly nailed dismount here at the Disinformed Podcast, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. And I'm Courtney. She's disappeared, is what she is. (laughs) And me. So long, biggins. (laughs) So long and good. (laughs) I like it. So long and get a... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to try to compose myself. So long and here's hoping the umbrella will stop the raining tits. That's all I have for you. Nope. About. <laughs> I have no end to this bit, so uh, get me a big end.